May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, God our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. If we were a level one today, and please God that might assume, we would be singing that great hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King, or the um, updated version, All Creatures of Our God and Light which is an English language uh, adaptation of the song that Francis wrote, or the poem that he wrote, called The Canticle of the Creatures. It begins, Altissimo omnipotente bon signore, tui sole laude, la gloria e l'onore et one benedizione. It is believed to be amongst the first works of literature written in the Italian language. And Francis wrote it near the end of his life. Um, around 1224, he'd been quite unwell and was recovering from illness with the sisters at San Damiano, St. Clair, and her poor ladies. And he poured out this song that summed up his kind of personal theology, the understanding that everything in creation are siblings to one another that we are all part of the one farmer and therefore we ought to care for one another and respect one another and honour one another in the way that the best kind of family honours one another and enables one another to be all that they are made to be. Off. Francis saw in creation the way that every created thing, whether it be animate or inanimate, praised God by its very being. And so in his canticle he, he spoke of Brother Sun, praising God by the way that the sun brings warmth and light and life. And so Sister Moon and Brother Wind and Sister Water and Brother Fire, Sister Mother Earth, even Sister Death, praise God by their very being. And then all the other things too that he mentioned, stars and everything in the heavens, the air, the clouds and every kind of weather, fruit, herb and flower and all that the earth produces. And not only these things of what we see as the natural world, but also people who choose to live in God's way. And so in this canticle he says, praise be you, my Lord, by those who give pardon for your love and bear infirmity and tribulation. And blessed are those who endure in peace, for by you most high they shall be crowned. Francis was one of those people who um, Bishop Richard was speaking about a few weeks ago when he preached that all of us are called to two different journeys in our life. The first is the journey where we are making our identity and our way in the world. And the second journey is that journey in which we let go of ego and recognise that we are part of a whole and that our life is deepened and expanded by being open to and caring for all. Francis started off his life as a bit of a playboy he was the only child of a merchant who uh, had great ambitions for his son. He wished him to uh, marry into the nobility and do well in the world. And he started off thinking that was exactly what he was going to do. 
But then he was captured and put in prison, and eventually his father ransomed him. But during that time, he began to realise that there was more to life than this. And when he came home and spent a long time in convalescence, he began to be open to the Holy One. And as he walked the fields around Sisi, which are very beautiful in the countryside of Korea, he began to recognise God's presence in all things, particularly in those things that others don't pay attention to. Not only the flowers of the field and the beasts of the, of the, of the paddocks, but also the poor, the lepers, those whom others didn't want to have anything to do with, those who had so little that they had to rely on God. And one day he was in the little church of San Damiano praying, and it was a broken down church. Lots of holes in the ceiling and, and, and the stones falling off. And it had a painted crucifix like this one that we have before the altar. And he was praying and he perceived the Christ on the painted cross say to him, Francis, go and rebuild my church, which you see is falling into ruins. And he took the words of Jesus completely literally, and he went about looking for stones to fix the church. And he was still at the stage in relationship with his parents, even though they were rather um, despairing about the way that he was spending his life. And he went to his father's warehouse and he got some fabric and he sold it. And he got money for stones and he built up the house. And, and his father became more and more angry as he used his father's resources for things that his father thought were not what he should be doing. And eventually his father called him before the bishop, who was both the bishop and the magistrate. And he said, make my son obey me. And at that point Francis decided this is it. This is the point where I shift from being under the resources of this earthly father to rely completely on my heavenly father. And so, not very kindly, he took off all his clothes, said to his father, I have wronged you. Here, have all of these clothes back. Um, from now on, I call no one on earth my father, but only my father in heaven. The bishop put his cloak around him and took him home, and he eventually went about the countryside wearing uh, a gardener's uh, rough, sapping brown cloak. Um, and little by little, as he preached about the joy that he'd embraced, people came to join him. And they had a very different life than those um, of religious orders did at that time. Most religious orders had places where they lived permanently and they owned jointly the land that they lived on. But Francis was determined to embrace poverty and rely completely on God and to have as a rule of life the gospel. Just as Jesus wandered about the countryside and called no place, had no place to lay his head, so they would be too and rely completely on God and God's people for what they needed. They weren't just to beg, they were also to often work alongside people and earn some of their living that way but in order that they would have resources to share with others. And as the people who came to join him lived this life with him, with him, they too began to recognize the way in which when you put your entire trust in God and are open and present to all the people around you, 
loving who and what is right in front of you. Your life begins to open in a different way. And while there are things that are difficult, yet there is a joy. A joy that sustains you and a community that holds you. And God who is with you in every particle of your being. Often when we see Francis depicted, he's depicted like our lovely Polish Francis on the altar here with uh, birds and plants. But there's another depiction of Francis that we have in the icon that's hanging from a pulpit and sitting on the little altar over here. And that's a picture of Francis not long before he died. In 1224, he went to Mount Alverna, which was a place about uh, an hour and a half drive these days, north of Assisi, for a long and a pro prolonged retreat. And on this retreat, he prayed. He prayed and prayed and prayed that he might know what God knew, the love for all people, to know the joy that Jesus had in his love for all, but also the sorrow that he had as he hung on the cross, giving his love for all people. And one night, an angel appeared to Francis, an angel on a cross, and he began to experience incredible joy and incredible pain and sorrow as God allowed him to have a taste of what it is that God experiences by loving us. And in his wrists and in his side appeared the wounds of Christ. Again, another first with Francis, um, a first, the first recording of somebody receiving the signs of the stigmata, which is why we had our first reading today from Galatians, the marks of Christ appearing in his body. And over the next two years, um, he kept those wounds banished because they didn't disappear. And they were a reminder to him of the sacrifice that it is to experience the kind of love that God has for us and for the world. And he reminds us that we too are invited to experience something of that. That in being present, fully present to God's world and to one another, we too can hear all of God's creatures giving praise to God by their very being. And we can give praise to God by our very being, by living that way of compassion and justice and love. But at the same time, we will feel the pain and the agony of the experience of the world, which, as it did for Francis, simply might fire us to love more deeply and to enact that love and what we can do. The canticle of St. Francis has another verse that he added the night that he was dying, which was the 3rd of October in 1226. On that night he added the verse about our sister death, from whom no one can flee, that she too has gifts to offer to us as we embrace the end of our living on this earth and prepare ourselves to let go into the eternity of God. So what might we do as we listen to the story of Francis? In a moment we're going to come and bless some of our animal friends. We have two of them back queue in their little cat cages or cat bags, not really cages.
Um, and we will remember those wonderful animal friends that we have and have had. And the way in which they help us, give us the gift of that openness and that trust one with another. They trust us and they open us to that wonderful sense of love that we can have for a creative thing which has a relationship with us and which teaches us to love. As we do that, we might remember all of the ways in which we are called to love with that kind of open heart. Being willing to be close to others, those that we already feel love for and want to be close to, but also to others that we meet along the way. The dentist, the bus driver, those who see things differently from us, politically, socially, theologically. If we are open to those who are different from us, our capacity to appreciate the amazing breadth of God's gift deepens. And if we accept the whole world with open arms, not because we're told we should, but because we can't help but receive the whole world with open arms, we realise that all are deserving of love and compassion. All are held in God's embrace. And we too can be part of that work of embracing each. And in doing that, perhaps we might also embrace our own selves, love our own selves more deeply, be willing to forgive ourselves, which enables us again to have the capacity to forgive others. So on this day, when we celebrate St. Francis of Assisi, we remember the way that he saw God in every piece of creation, each created thing, each created person is a sister or brother, a sibling to us. And each sibling helps us to see a little more of God each day and encourages us to let go into God and to let go into one another. And no matter what the things are in our lives and in the world, that seem impossible, yet there is hope and there is a belonging so that we can face into those difficulties together knowing that we are held and loved by the one whom we praise with our very being. So I invite you to pray with me the collect again. Gracious and merciful God, you kindled in the heart of Francis such a flame of love that he became wholly yours, increased in us a wholehearted trust in you and a humble love for all your creatures, that we may know the joy the gospel brings through Jesus Christ our Redeemer.